Hello, fellow travelers. What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm your host, Sam Fain, and this week I get the pleasure of talking about Nomad, the eighth episode of season two. Uh, I am really excited about this one. I've been excited about this one for a while. Um, I, I am. Yeah, I, I had a chance to see the script for it, um, and I'm just I'm, I'm so thrilled that this one is coming out into the open mid-season finale. Uh, it's 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 a great way, uh, a frustrating way, in a positive way uh, to to end this you know first half of the journey for season two. Um, and there's there's a lot of really great stuff to talk about, uh, but I'm not going to try to. Uh, cover everything and I'm going to do my best. I promise this time to not talk too long. And the main reason why is because I have some awesome interviews that I cannot wait to share with you. Uh, I was able to talk to the writer of this episode, executive producer, co-show runner, Dean Georgeris and executive producer and writer, uh, Drew Lindo. Now Drew did not, um, write, um, this episode, but uh, Dean wanted him uh, to be here for the interview, and I'm so glad that he was. I love talking to Drew. Drew is fantastic. This is how great Drew is. Drew uh, and his family uh, welcomed their second child uh, uh, this past Monday, and we recorded on Saturday. Uh, and 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 I even said at one point, I told him I was like, "Hey, no pressure. If if you can't be there, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it." Um, but he showed up, and and he was there for about an hour, and it was just awesome. Um, he always adds so much to the conversation. And I'm so grateful and appreciative of him taking some time out to be there. It was really cool and a lot of fun. Uh, and Dean, of course, is I, I, Dean always surprises me in, in the most wonderful ways with just these incredibly erudite yet passionate and 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 inspiring answers to questions um and, and you know i think he would admit this himself sometimes he'll go a very sort of securitous route to get there um but it's always lovely and i and i really appreciate him being on the show um so much because it added a lot to the discussion hopefully about this episode um and you'll enjoy hearing from them just as much as i enjoyed talking to them the other interview I have, which I'm so excited to share with you, is, of course, with uh, Eliza Taylor, who plays Hannah Carson uh, on Quantum Leap and is featured heavily in this episode. Um, she's such a delight. Uh, you know, as Ben says at the end of the episode about Hannah, she's spectacular. She really is. And I, I just enjoyed speaking with her so much. Um, I genuinely feel like it's one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done, um, which is saying a lot because I I love so much the opportunity I've had to talk to these people. Um, everyone involved with this show has truly, truly just been so generous and kind and welcoming. I've said it before. I will say it again and again and again, because it is so true. And I, I'm, I'm humbled and so appreciative, so grateful um, of their uh, coming on the show and talking and sharing their thoughts and feelings, not only on the show, but sometimes on life, on acting, on writing, on art. It's just been such a blast. Um, and speaking of art, make sure you check out the new poster that J.J. Lindell has done for Nomad. I love it. I think it's one of the best uh, of these first eight. Um, it's right up there with Secret History, in my opinion. Uh, just a, an incredible piece that uh, helps to tell the story of this episode without spoiling anything, mind you. Um, and it's just a love piece. You can find that over at jjlindell.com slash FWW shop. Um, and you'll also find some other cool stuff, including this, this hat. I'm not gonna lie. I love this hat. Um, 
it's really kind of cool and uh, hopefully not too self-aggrandizing to show it. But anyway, uh, you'll also find t-shirts, uh, other posters, um, including the posters for Secret History, as well as that Doctor Who 60th Anniversary uh, Daleks poster, which uh, was very, very cool as well. We're going to have lots of other cool stuff um, along the way, some neat stuff over the uh, break between the mid-season finale and picking things up, um, hopefully late January or February. That's what Dean himself says. Um, he doesn't know for certain, which means, of course, I don't know for certain, but um, that's that's kind of the vibe, and, and hopefully that will indeed be the case. Um, I didn't press as far as if it would be new day and time or anything like that. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And, uh, obviously as soon as I, as soon as I know anything, I will make sure to let folks know on the social media channels and on this podcast. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to what's next because this episode leaves us in a pretty incredible place. And, uh, I, I, I think one of the things that this episode does so, so well, um, is it takes all of these sort of big plot elements, these these sort of arc elements of the season, and ties them directly into the characters, uh, you know, wants and desires in in a wonderful way. It's it's not necessarily setting up. Um, no offense, it's not setting up a boogeyman like Martinez, an obstacle to what they want. Instead, it is integrating, um, you know, these things into the core of like who these people are and what they want and, and, and their desires. And it's really, really lovely. And I just think it's 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 um, it's a hallmark of some some excellent, excellent writing and some, you know, some excellent storytelling um, from the entire writer's room. So uh, kudos and, and of course, kudos to Dean, because I think Dean writes just a, a wonderful episode, incredibly cinematic episode, um, which, of course, the director and the DP deserve a lot of credit because it's such a beautifully shot episode as well. Um, wealth of credit to them and of course the, the hair the makeup the costumes i mean everything is so on point once again this production team just just proves that there's really nothing that they that they can't do and and how emboldened would you have to feel right as as a writer's room as producers on this show to just kind of be able to say like we can literally throw anything at them and they are going to give us something that feels good that feels right and i think that this episode is definitely indicative of that and they got to shoot in egypt for five days how how awesome is that um and uh yeah it just super cool um it looks beautiful it feels so yeah there's there's such a scope to it such a sweep to it so cinematic um and and it, it's propulsive it moves really well it's got some incredibly you know moving emotional beats for our characters um you know some some moments at the project which i think are fairly um important to to you know to who these people are and in particular for addison you know there's some big addison stuff in this episode um and caitlin is fantastic as always um and of course i mean the the, the ben and hannah story i think just has the way that it's been built you know since closure encounters into secret history uh and, and in here it just it's incredible and I, I really encourage everyone to make sure you listen to those interviews with dean um and drew and and eliza respectively because the the comments and commentary basically that they add enriches uh, i think the appreciation for this this story and in, in these moments even um even beyond my expectations so definitely uh, check those out i can't I can't say that enough. Um, 
as I say that, I also realize that most likely the Eliza interview will already have like twice as many views as this video. So <laughs> um, I appreciate you. If you are a fan of Eliza Taylor and you found Fate's Wide Wheel and you're listening to this and you're watching Quantum Leap because of her, awesome. Stick around. It's only going to get better. I promise. Um, not just Quantum Leap, but this show too. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, Eliza is fantastic. Ray is incredible. There are some moments in this episode that are just uh, yeah, some, I mean, some, uh, it, 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 it sounds like hyperbole because I've said it a lot, but the, the, you know, they just have some incredible acting moments and there's some really, really wonderful small moments too. There's a moment where, you know, Hannah reaches for a telephone and, and that moment is just so well done. And I love, I love little moments like that because it, 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 it has a way of, you know, really of saying a lot without saying too much, um, telling you a lot without saying too much anyway. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about the episode in a little bit more detail than just that. But before we do, uh, I certainly want to thank all the patrons of Fate's Wide Wheel. Thank you so much for helping to keep the lights on, for making sure that this show can be produced um, and that uh, I can use the the software that I'm using, um, that I, I, I you know find myself just humbled and, and so grateful. Um, and it's not something that I really ever expected um, when we started this thing, you know, six plus years ago. So uh, thank you so, so much for that. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff happening over there right now. You've got the behind the scenes videos with JJ Lindell, um, where he takes us kind of step by step on the creation of his posters. Um, I've been loving, loving doing those videos. And, um, you know, if you want to check those out, head over to patreon.com slash fates wide wheel, and you can sign up for a dollar, watch all the videos and then, you know, peace out if you want to. And that's totally fine. I, if that's, you know, if you want to just see those videos, I'd love for you to be able to see those videos. Um, you can also, of course, set up a, a standing donation to the show uh, in, you know, in any dollar amount that suits you. Before you do all that, though, I'm going to ask you one thing. This time of year, especially all year round, but this time of year, especially it's true. You know, people have a hard time. If there's anything that you can do in your community to right some wrongs, whether it's donating some time, some money, lending an ear, helping somebody carry the groceries with their consent, of course, don't just walk up to somebody and take their groceries because that could go wrong. Um, please, please do help help to uh, right some wrongs this this season and um you know, whatever you can do in your, in your community, uh, to help out, to make the world a little bit better. Um, I would be grateful for that because I know that there are people in need. I have been in need and I have found, uh, help in unlikely places. Um, that has just been <sighs> helpful. <laughs> so, um, if you're able to do that in any way, awesome. And if you are in need, um, now's the time to, to see if you can say yes to help that might be around you. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Um, but yeah, do what you can do what you can. Uh, and in the world at large, if you want to, you know, donate any of your hard earned money to some causes, I will, of course, always throw my support out there for the Trevor Project and Doctors Without Borders. Those are two causes that I, I support personally, um, and they, they do incredibly important life saving work, both of them. So uh, I, I stand by their their mission statements a great deal. And um, 
If you can support either one of those causes, great. If there's another cause out there that you want to support, awesome. There are, of course, many, many, many worthy causes that certainly could use assistance uh, this time of year and all year round. Now, if, if, if after you've done all of that, first of all, thank you for doing that. You're awesome. You're Sam Beckett. You're Ben Song. You're a leaper. You're setting right some wrongs. But if after you do all of that, you do want to support the show, then yes, head over to patreon.com slash fateswidewheel. You can support the show in any dollar amount that you choose, and you will have access to the special behind the scenes videos, um, to uh, uh, early previews of certain things uh, when possible, and um, you know exclusive interviews at times. Um, you will also uh, get early access to uh, any non-episode related interviews, um, and there are going to be some other surprises on the horizon and including potentially maybe some discounts. Uh, so check that out. Stick around. Things are going to get interesting in 2024, I certainly hope. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. Whether you're here watching, you're hitting that like button, you're hitting subscribe, please do that. That would be awesome. Uh, leaving a comment. I appreciate the comments so much. I don't get the chance to answer them all the time. I'm really busy right now, but I see them. I read them. I try to love them when I can, um, you know, love. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for all of you for, for tuning in, for giving up your valuable time just to listen to the show, much less anyone who is donating their money. So thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Should we talk about Nomad? Let's talk about Nomad. First, I want to talk about the title a little bit. Obviously, um, directly related to uh, one of the characters in the episode uh, and a very important character. Uh, and I think that in, in this particular case, um, it is, um, it's a title that much like Lonely Hearts Club applies even beyond that. But let's talk about the character for a moment. Um, Layla, who's played by Azita Ganizada. Um, I, I think just what a wonderful guest performance. Um, Azita is fantastic. Um, Layla is a great character. And the thing that I love is that um, there's, there's some nuance to the role. And I feel like it would have been very, very easy to just go in and kind of like, do the job, pick up a paycheck and leave. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But I do feel like she brings, she brings something more to this role and uh, I can't quite explain it, but there's, there's, there's like this, almost this altruistic idealistic quality behind everything she's doing that is not, you know, is not evident from the get go, especially with the way that she's playing the game, you know, playing the spy game so well, um, risking her life in this way. And, and clearly, I mean, anyone who's willing to do that, there's got to be some sort of altruism or idealism at play. But the way that she's able to kind of bring that to uh, the forefront in certain exchanges and stuff, I think is really lovely. Um, there's certainly, a, you know, the, the, um, the stakes, the life-threatening stakes of her job um, are certainly there. Uh, I think also the idea that she recognizes that she is up against the, you know, the misogyny of the times. Um, she is up against the patriarchy in a way because she is not, um, she's not what anyone expects. Uh, and yet she's the one that's getting all of this information. You know, she's the one that is, is putting her life on the line to be a spy basically. Um, and, and, and anyway, I just think Azita does a lovely job in the role and I, I, I really appreciated her performance. Um, and I think the character of Layla, uh, Nomad, um, you know, our title character really, um, is, 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 is just well-written, 
well done top to bottom. The title, of course, and the 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 word nomad clearly applies to Ben as well. He leads a nomadic existence in a very unique way, traveling from time period to time period and place to place, never staying in one place for too long, you know, hoping that he can set right what once went wrong. And I I obviously you know, I love any time um, that that we get these titles that kind of apply in in multiple ways. And we often do. I mean, A Kind of Magic was like that, obviously. Secret History certainly did. I mean, they're good at titling these episodes. Um, you know, the the other thing, though, that I, I failed to mention when I was talking to, to Dean and Drew, and then when I spoke to Eliza, that I wish I would have brought up because I would have loved to have heard their perspectives on it, is I feel like Nomad can also apply to Hannah. We've seen Hannah three times now, and in each instance, it's been somewhere different. Now, obviously, purely from a plot standpoint, of course, because Ben's not going to go to New Mexico every single time, right? But the idea that we have seen her living this kind of nomadic existence, this, you know, she's moving from place to place um, as she, you know, as her world gets bigger. And, and, and her world gets bigger because of because of Ben. Ben has affected her life in that way. And 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 she's earned it. Like there's no doubt in uh, I think in anyone's mind. I mean obviously Hannah is capable of these things. She has agency of her own, but Ben has kind of helped to give her the nudge in the right direction and certainly open things up for her in a way that that I think um has has kind of given her the opportunity and the inspiration to go further and and to dig deeper and it's incredible to think of her in a nomadic existence as well as she pursues, you know, her own dreams. Um, and I wonder, especially based on some of the lines in this episode, is her adventurous spirit, which is innate in the character. And it's something that Eliza and I talked about a bit, but is it also perhaps motivated by a desire to perhaps be in the right place in the right time to meet Ben again? You know, like, does she kind of intuit that if she had stayed, you know, in, in Princeton and just like been a teacher or whatever, would she have really had the opportunity maybe to cross paths with Ben again? And now, especially having, you know, met him in Egypt when she's at this conference, there's got to be that element of like, I need to keep moving. And that's a, that's a wonderful kind of theme of this episode. You know, Magic says it to uh, to Addison about moving forward. Ben says it at the end. You know, I've spent the last 24 leaps looking back. Now I'm going to look forward. And I love that notion. And in particular, I love what it means for, for Hannah. And it's something that Eliza and I talk a lot about. So I'm not going to go into too much detail here because you should check that interview out by all means. But I love the aspect of this character that even without Ben around, I have no doubt that she is having adventures, that she is living her life to the fullest. And she, you know, I think that makes her an altogether more interesting character. Um, I think it makes the concept of love uh, uh, mean more. And I think that it, it it's this idea, you know, Dean said it perfectly about love being infinite. And I think that, I think that that is something that this world needs to, clue itself into even more and you know as exemplified in these characters especially in hannah but ben as well that notion that love is infinite is really beautiful and um and so yeah i, I just think that there's this aspect to hannah's character that fits that nomad title as well as ben and layla which i think is really pretty cool um so 
anyway, uh, I, I, I love, I, I love so much about this episode. Um, I'm, a, you know, a huge fan of spy fiction and I, uh, of course, you know, cut my teeth as a youngster on like James Bond films. Um, you know, uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King was a TV show as a youth that I enjoyed. Um, and I think that, you know, seeing, especially seeing something like James Bond, you, you know, our view, if that's your approach to like spycraft in any way or whatever, it's certainly, you know, that's not what it is, right? Like that's this power fantasy. Great. You know, it's, it's lovely entertainment and, and they've certainly crafted some fine films over the years. Um, and I still, I think I still have, yeah, I have that box set behind me. So no shade towards James Bond. However, it's not necessarily an authentic depiction, right? And so uh, I got into John le Carre novels uh, in my 20s. And Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is still probably one of my favorite books. I just love so much about that book. I love what it says about identity. I love what it says about interpersonal relationships, betrayal, trust. Um, and then, of course, it's, you know, it's, it's a good yarn, right? Like there's just this wonderful psychological warfare and drama that plays out against this tapestry of these incredible characters and these high stakes. Um, and, and, and so I was drawn to that. You know, I, I, I've read uh, books by Alan First. I've, I, I've, I've read uh, uh, McHeron's Her um, Slow Horses. You know, I mentioned some of this stuff even when talking with Dean and Drew. Um, so I have an appreciation just kind of for spy stories in general. One of my favorite television programs of all time is a British show called Sa The Sandbaggers. The Sandbaggers has got to be the most unassuming spy show ever, but by far, in my opinion, it is the most interesting. And it's just a brilliant piece of television in general. It reminds me so much of the way that, like, um, you know, Aaron Sorkin crafted a show like The West Wing, for instance. Um, it, 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 you know, it has all of this kind of intrigue and drama and, and these politics and everything, but there is, there's just... It, it, it's really quite wonderful. And the other thing that's kind of neat about it in the parallel to quantum leap is that you kind of get, you know, this, this sort of bifurcated like story in a way where there are people in the field and then you see people in the office. The majority of the show takes place in the office though. So this isn't about like the, you know, the, the action adventure exploits of your spies in the field. This is about the people in the office working to make sure that like, you know, spy number one has the resources they need in order to pull off said mission or spy number one having to, you know, uh, play the, 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 the game, with this bureaucrat in order to have access to talk to this foreign dignitary in order to get information to feed to, you know, spy number one in the field. So it's really a wonderful show. And I feel like it's a show that unfortunately has kind of gotten buried by the sands of time in a lot of way, but I would encourage anyone to check it out. Um, so that said, coming into Nomad, I had an interest right away. I was, you know, I was excited about getting this spy story and, you know, knowing what I know of Dean, I, I just kind of anticipated that it would probably be more of, you know, more in the vein of kind of that sort of thing and less in the vein of the James Bond sort of thing. What I love is I felt like it was definitely able to kind of bridge that gap and that we got a great sense of kind of some of that, you know, that nitty gritty John le Carre-esque sort of, uh, you know, the, the the politics of it all, the 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 psychology of it all, the personality of it all, um, the idea that everybody might be working on the same side, but they're not always on the same team, um, and 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 
the disposable nature sometimes of these assets of, of people, of human beings, you know, even dehumanized in a way as just be referred to as assets or whatnot. So I felt like it really uh, hit on some wonderful, um, you know, elements of the genre that we don't often see because obviously we're going to be a little bit more focused on the, you know, the action adventure nature of it all. But the, again, the wonderful thing that I think this episode does is that it, it, it provides, it strikes a nice balance between the two. Um, obviously there's some, some adventure, uh, adventurous exploits for our characters to take part in, but there's also that kind of drama of the quieter moments, um, you know, with Ben and Barnes played by Lou Diamond Phillips. All right. First, I got to get this out there. There was a report uh, that came out a month or so ago in an, uh, from an outlet that I, I, I was I was I've never even heard of this outlet before. This is this seems like gobbledygook. I don't even know what I'm looking at. I, I and, and, and they were like, Lou Diamond Phillips is going to guest star in Quantum Leap. And. Uh, you know, I, I've said this before, like, yes, I, I've had conversations with people working on the show fairly frequently. Um, and, and I was aware of some of the guest stars that were coming this season. Uh, I had never heard his name mentioned at all. And so I just thought like, well, this, this is, this is weird and can't be right. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I don't buy this. And then of course there he is, you know, sitting there as I'm watching the episode and I was like, holy shit. So anyway, uh, seeing Lou Diamond Phillips um, sitting there uh, uh, getting ready to talk to Ben, um, it was it was really cool. And and I think Barnes is an interesting character. I think Phillips' performance is an interesting one, to be completely frank, because he does this wonderful job of of, of portraying kind of you know the boss in this situation, and certainly a, you know, has that don't trust anyone attitude. Um, while also, of course, being supportive of, you know, Ben's, uh, uh, character, if you will. Um, but, you know, not necessarily being too supportive and certainly when it comes to Nomad, not being willing to sacrifice too much in order to get her out. And, um, I think I, I think it's just an interesting, yeah, I, I, there, there's some interesting moments in the performance. And there were a couple of times when I, you know, at first I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that moment, but looking back on the whole and the context of it all, it's it, the, the levels which he's able to give uh, the, the, the role and give the performance in particular, that moment when he kind of explodes in the office and he's very angry. Um, it, it, it kind of drives home and and it, and it certainly makes sense in the context of at the end him being there to help like in person like literally driving the getaway car you know and i and 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 all of a sudden you you get this sense that barnes um by way of the performance and the writing that barnes does care you know that 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 this is a job to him and it's a job that has incredibly high stakes but that does not mean that that he is, you know, cold about it. There is an investment in the human beings and the human aspect of it. And I feel like that that's um, important to have. I can't believe I didn't mention the Americans earlier when I was talking about spy stuff, by the way. The Americans is also one of my favorite shows ever. Anyway, um, 
So it was, yeah, I, I thought uh, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips's Barnes, um, it was, yeah, it was, it, it, it was not what I expected, um, but I have a greater appreciation for it after, you know, thinking about it and sitting on it for a while than I might have a, a, my first, uh, first watch. And I think part of it is also is because it was in such stark contrast to what we were seeing from everyone else. Um, you know, it was a different kind of investment and a different kind of mood and a different kind of tone. Um, and I, and I worried, I, I think as, as a viewer, as someone who, you know, knows that they're going to comment on the show that maybe it didn't fit, but after, you know, after having some time to think about it and, and, and watch the episode a couple of times, I was able to, you know, to, to realize it's like, oh no, like that, it does make sense. And this is why it makes sense. Um, which is which is which is lovely and 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 I think again a testament to the writing and the performance so so kudos and what a great name to get for the show I mean Lou Diamond Phillips you know I mean I I think uh, he he's he's given some really wonderful lovely performances over the years I mean going all the way back to like La Bamba even his stuff in like Young Guns even um, you know the performances on Longmire uh, I thought he was just wonderful on Longmire um, so. It was really, really cool to see him in the episode. Uh, I don't know if it was intentional, but there was definitely his appearance. Uh, certainly reminded me a little bit of, of like, uh, you know, Gary Oldman. Um, and we've seen Gary Oldman recently in in a number of, of kind of roles like this, whether he's playing Smiley in, in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or he's working Slow Horses right now on Apple TV. Um, so, uh, again, whether that was intentional or not, I definitely got a little bit of that vibe, which I thought was a fun little connection considering the world that we're living in. Um, oh, let's just talk about the location shooting. My God, I, they, the fact that they were able to, and Dean tells a lovely story about, you know, choosing Egypt and, and, and having that be the location. Um, and Eliza has some wonderful comments about being on location as well, but it just looks amazing. I, I wish, and I've said this before, I just wish this show could be shot on location all the time. Um, I wish they never had to do anything in the back lots, unless, of course, it's, you know, Lonely Hearts Club, which we're on a back lot. And, and, and that's not because the back lots can't be magical in, in and of themselves. And that's not because they, they don't serve a purpose. And, um, you know, and sometimes it just works beautifully. Right. But when this show shoots on location. It is just it's a wonder. It, it's something to behold, in my opinion. And obviously this is taking it a step further. Um, and being in Egypt, I mean, this, it, it does, I, I feel like I'm in a movie theater, you know, when I'm watching this episode because of the nature of, you know, the location shooting and, and the cinematography, um, you know, I think Anna, the, uh, the, the director of photography, I mean, she just does some beautiful, beautiful stuff. The lighting in this episode on a number of uh, occasions is gorgeous. Uh, and, and, and Chris Grismer's direction is just out of this world i mean it is this is such a well-crafted episode um that goes beyond with all due respect to what we've seen previously that goes beyond just about anything else we've seen from this show um you know the 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 color palette is obviously going to be you know that very kind of yellowish you know thing to like we're you know we're 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 in the desert you know, but, but there's just so much of it, the, 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 the visual, um, presentation 
uh, is delicious, quite frankly. And, and, and I just think it's such a lovely, well-shot, well-directed, well-crafted episode from that standpoint. And being able to be in Egypt for a story that takes place in Egypt and shoot in, you know, on these streets and shoot in front of the pyramids. I mean, my gosh, like, it's just amazing. And, you know, you hear, uh, you, you, you can hear like Eliza talking about being there and, and just how cool that was. So, um, yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go story beat by beat because, again, I, the conversations that I had, we talk a bit about the stories. But I will say that, you know, I focus a lot kind of on the the, the, the romance aspect, the character of Hannah and, and, you know, kind of setting up some of what's to come in those interviews. So I will try to focus a little bit more on kind of the, the leap plot in, in, in this conversation because I love so much about the, the, the storytelling with the leap and, um, you know, Addison being the observer again, everything she's able to bring to the table with her experience, um, you know, from you know, being in the military, of course, Caitlin, you know, being a military intelligence, like, you know, she clearly gets this world. Uh, and so I think it's, it's really, it's wonderful to see Addison in these moments when she is engaged in a way that is very confident and very, you know, not that she doesn't always have that air of confidence. I think that's just a part of her per personality, you know, innately, but there's something about some of the scenes in this episode where it just feels like she knows, you know, she knows what she's doing. She knows what to tell Ben. And in this instance, the cool thing is, especially in contrast to what we saw, you know, like in episode three, for instance, Ben is listening. Um, but, but their rapport is also changed, which I really appreciate. I appreciate the nature of, you know, this, this kind of new give and take between the two of them, um, that is different from, you know, what we saw in season one and it's, and clearly it's different from what we saw in like episodes three and four. So, uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a great episode to kind of have her back in as the observer and, you know, and seeing her be there for Ben, um, and seeing Ben, you know, receive her in a positive way, but in a different way than before. So, uh, you know, kudos to the, to the pair of them. I mean, Ray and Caitlin are fantastic. And, uh, and again, I think the, you know, the writing certainly, um, it's like when you have that, when you have good writing, right. But, but there's something about this that I, that I do feel like it's, it's more the actors because you can, to imbue that, that quality in these exchanges, you know, it could be very easy to just slip back into the old pattern, but they don't do that. And that's really nice. Of course, um, you know, the other aspect we have here at play, which is phenomenal is the addition of Hannah now. And so we have all three of them on screen together at the same time, only Hannah can't see or hear Addison. And there are some moments where the humor, you know, we definitely lean into the humor a little bit more um, than, than perhaps, uh, I, 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 I don't want, I don't know, I, 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 then perhaps we had at other moments, uh, but it makes, it makes a lot of sense and it's really, it's really lovely and, it, and it's cute and it's fun. Um, you know, the game of kind of like telephone uh, that gets played uh, with the beautiful woman comment is lovely. Um, you know, the idea that Addison is clearly developing an appreciation for Hannah and is maybe a little threatened by her, you know, and I think we've gotten a sense of that before in Secret History, but here... Now, all of a sudden, Addison is having to deal with something that she probably never expected, right? It's, I mean, and, and she never expected to see Ben again either. So she's been thrown for a few loops. But 
acclimating herself to Ben's return, affirming her relationship with Tom, you know, going forward as the observer. I mean, it, it's an, it says a lot about a human being to be able to kind of like do those things in the face of what's happened over the course of this season to her already. But now, li- you know, literally coming face to face with the person that she herself even says, Ben and Hannah are in love. It's pretty incredible. Um, the nature of those scenes. Um, and of course, you know, you look at some of the social media posts, you, you know, listen to some of the behind the scenes stuff. You realize that Caitlin and, and Eliza um, have, have developed this really lovely friendship and, and, and it's awesome, wonderful. And, and yet the characters, there's definitely, you know, whereas Hannah, I think is, is, is maybe a little bit um, in the dark about the nature of the relationship with Addison. In this instance, um, you know, Addison knows what's up across the board. And so it's creating a very interesting dynamic for her. Uh, and I don't think that it's, it's not a case of, Oh, now Ben's with somebody else and I want him back. I don't think that's it at all. I don't think that they would play something so petty. I, you know, both Caitlin as an actor and, and, and the writing room, but like, I, I feel like there's definitely this element of, you know, you do, you see somebody moving on in an unexpected fashion and it, and it affects you and, and we see her affected and it's really nice. Um, and we have this great exchange between Hannah and Ben about, you know, I love you. I love you. And, and, and yet it's a, it's a different sort of thing. And it's that reminder too, that love is, that love is. And I, I think this idea that there's only so much to go around, that there's only this kind or that kind, um, is wrong and and I just love getting to see these these expressions of love um and what they can mean in these different situations. And I think you know as it pertains to Hannah and Ben when the you know when the plot takes a turn and they believe that Layla's been killed and it seems like Ben might be stuck there uh just I mean some lovely, lovely, beautiful stuff. And the scene at the window, the way that it's lit, the way that it's shot, it's so gorgeous. It is above and beyond what we see on a lot of network television. I will just say it. Like that, to me, the the look of that scene is, you know, whatever you want to say about prestige television or, you know, whatever HBO is doing. Actually, that's a poor example because, you know, they're jettisoning everything. But anyway, it 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 really just was a cut above. And and I loved that. I loved that look of that scene and it and it enhanced it. You know, it enhanced this lovely, beautiful scene where they're talking about, you know, these pretty heavy things. You know, I mean, Hannah says, uh, I'll be lucky if I get to spend a whole week in my lifetime with you. Um, but I love that thing. I'll be lucky. I'll be lucky, lucky. Like it's not, this isn't tragic. This isn't sad. This isn't, maybe there's a bittersweetness to it. Sure. But you know, this is, this is an appreciation. Um, this is, uh, an expression of gratitude and, and that's love. And, and, and I, I just really enjoyed this moment that they get to share. Um, in spite of knowing that and, you know, where they, they thought that maybe Ben would be sticking around, that his destiny is something different. And that phone moment that I mentioned earlier, when the phone rings, it's like, you know, Hannah gets it. 
you, you know, it, it, the the bubble has been burst, right? But I don't think. But the the lovely thing is, is it doesn't. Again, it doesn't feel like this. Well, now I can't love you because you're leaving. You know, it doesn't. I, I just I, I love the way that it leans into the optimism and the hope of love, as opposed to, you know, making it hard making it difficult making it something that doesn't feel worth it or, or whatever it, 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 it's just really really lovely and i think that we see so many times and it's the reason why i quibble with anyone who criticizes the show as being a soap opera in any fashion i understand where they're coming from but i think it lacks nuance completely to try and label the interactions in this show as being that and this is a prime example because this does not like shatter that illusion in any way and now create this this you know this rift between the two of them and all this awkwardness and tension and you know drama for the sake of drama or whatever instead we get this lovely kind of affirmation of who these people are and what their connection means to one another and i think that that's fantastic um of course you know that that moment is so pivotal for so many characters too because it shows us that Nomad is still alive. Layla's still around, right? Like she's out there and, 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 and she's fighting And You know, I think that that's the thing too, is like as wonderful as Azita is, it's a wonderful reminder that, you know, what we hear about a character is just as important when we see a character. And I think this tells us, this moment tells us a lot about Layla, which is a really cool moment. Again, this is the moment where Barnes shows up big time, right? Like Barnes is like, you know, she's still alive. Like we got a chance. Let's, you know, let's make this work. It's really great. And then of course, like the way that Ben and Hannah are working together and Hannah, again, Hannah's agency, her sense of adventure, her willingness to kind of just put herself out there, even if it means putting herself in danger, the confidence, the, you know, it, it, I mean, she is, she's, she's a great character. And uh, I love, I love the idea that, you know, she's with Ben on this, that, that we see, in in closure encounters she's kind of like just the sidekick right and then in secret history there's definitely kind of a partnership but she's still the the assistant in some ways right um and then in this episode these are two people on equal footing and i love that and and it, and it's really wonderful and if you think about it in terms of age too this is the closest in age that they have been you know, since the time that they met, which is also wonderful. Uh, I, I think technically Ben might be a couple years older still, but, um, but yeah, it, it, there's so much about the uh, nature of their relationship in this episode that feels like we've got equal footing, you know, two partners, partners, as opposed to, you know, she's along for the ride. And I, and I really enjoy that. Um, and I enjoy what, what she brings to the adventure uh, in particular in this climactic scene. And we get this really great chase and, you know, there's just some wonderful stuff from both of them, the Southern accent. Uh, and of course, Layla, Layla is free. You know, they get Nomad out um, and they're able to uh, ride off into the sunset. You know, Barnes uh, and Layla are. And then we get this lovely, lovely moment where Addison, you know, bows out and says, I'm going to, you know, I'm leave you to this uh, so that Ben and Hannah can have that final moment together. And... It's really, I don't know, it, it, it's just romantic as hell, and it's, and it's a wonderful moment. I mentioned this in the Eliza interview, 
although I was uncertain because, you know, when she told me they shot it, I was like, oh, gosh, maybe I missed it. But in the screener, maybe it'll be different on air. I don't I don't think so. Generally, they're not. But sometimes that can happen. In the original script, Ben says, I love you, too, after Hannah says, I love you. In the screener, he doesn't. He just, you know, he kisses her. And that's that's where they make the cut. And um, because when they shot it, apparently, according to Liza, he does say it. I kind of love that he doesn't say it back, not because he doesn't feel that way, but almost because it's like he doesn't need to say it. Because for him, her expression of love is enough of a validation of his own love and enough of a validation that she knows that he loves her too. And that is a greater expression of love, in my opinion, than I love you, I love you too. Now that's awesome too. I do that with my spouse all the time. Of course, I do that with friends all the time. You know, I last night I was on the phone with a friend. I love you, I love you too. It's beautiful. But in this particular moment, in this particular story, in this world in which we're living, it was really lovely. Um, and then when Hannah walks away, it's it. There's a confidence there, and it, it mirrors closure encounter in a way because it's like when you know when Ben's walking away after the see you later comment, and now she's walking away after Ben has quoted her, you know, saying see you later. Uh, and he tells her she's spectacular and it's just, yeah, it's just, it really, I don't know. Ah, ah, I just love it. I love it. I love this show. I fucking love this show. And, 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 and if you don't, that's fine. That's fine. Everyone is allowed to like whatever they like. I like this. Um, and I love talking about it. Um, but I thought that Nomad was a fantastic episode and a brilliant way to uh, go into the mid season break. And of course, didn't think I was going to leave it out. Did you? They do that in a way that leaves us hanging for certain. At the beginning of the episode, um, Addison's cooking. She's actually cooking a North African slash Middle Eastern uh, dish called um, shakshuka, which is uh, which I've I've had before. Um, which again, I didn't. I, I, I we talked about so much. I didn't get to ask all my questions. But one of the things I was going to ask Dean about the intention of that, knowing that the episode is set in Egypt, if there was some, you know, just kind of a fun little parallel there in joke or whatever. Um, and uh, they're talking about timing and spices, and and and, and again, you know in a show about time travel in a show where the timing clearly didn't work out for Addison and Ben, but now the timing is working out for Ben and Hannah in a way, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Um, interesting, fun, fun. Let me put it that way. Um, and Tom gets called away. Uh, and while Addison is looking for spices and stuff, she discovers an engagement ring. So now, of course, the thought is in her head, like, wow, Tom is going to propose. She talks with Ian about this and they are excited. And it was interesting. I asked this question and and, and Drew and Dean both provided some really wonderful answers um, because I, there was a part of me that was just sort of like, you know, would they be that happy about it? I mean, I'm sure they would be happy, but how happy are they? I, yeah. I, and, and, and so I was really interested and, and, and their responses, it was just sort of like, oh, yeah. And so upon rewatch, it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. You know, of course, they're going to be supportive. Of course, they're going to be happy for their friend. And it was really lovely. Uh, we get a, <laughs> Jen comes in. Oh, deception noted. I mean, I, I adore 
Nenris's work on the show because I, 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 you know, I want to see her do more, of course. But like, even when she doesn't necessarily have a lot to do in an episode, she still just does something that that you know I, I laugh at, um, uh, which is great. And um, so clearly, Addison's taking the, the the chances of a proposal seriously. Tom gets back from going to DC and they're sitting down to dinner and, you know, Addison thinks it's coming because Tom is going over to, to get something. He has something, you know, tell her or whatever and talking about trust, etc. And she thinks, Oh, here it comes, here it comes. But he reaches into his bag and he pulls out a folder and he hands it to her and says that it is a partial, you know, damaged hard drive that they found related to an old DARPA project. And, uh, it's a way to bring Ben home. Now, I'm certainly of a mind that the threads are going to start coming together once we come back from the midseason break. The, you know, uh, Rachel's boss with the chip, the hard drive in the folder, Hannah, I think it's all going to start to tie together in some way. Now, whether that means that it's tied together, literally, like Hannah's responsible for this hard drive and the chip and all that sort of stuff. I'm not necessarily saying that, but I do think that the threads of the story are going to start to tie together and coalesce into one big thing. And I have a feeling that we're going to get uh, a, a, a true, you know, as much as we got kind of the, you know, just out there batshit insanity of of, of uh, Judgment Day, I feel like we're going to get an, another kind of all out just amazing finale this year and you're not going to want to miss you know what leads up to that and uh i i you know i don't know much um about 9 10 11 12 and 13 um but i can certainly say that there's just a lot more i think of of, of the goodness that we've had leading up to this in store and i'm really really looking forward to it um and I think Nomad leaves us in an incredible place to have lots of discussions, to head over to Peacock and rewatch the show, um, you know, to enjoy and savor uh, Eliza Taylor as Hannah, to just I, I, I enjoy and savor the the work that Caitlin and Ray have been doing, um, to enjoy and savor those incredible moments from One Night in Koreatown with Magic, for instance, um, to, uh, yeah, to just, I mean, there's been so much great stuff in these first eight episodes. Um, and I certainly think like Secret History, Lonely Hearts Club, and no matter probably my my top three uh of these first eight um thus far um although closure encounters i feel like you almost have to throw in there too with lonely hearts because they they just feel like they are you know two sides of the coin right but um yeah i i i you know incredibly strong work in these first eight and uh i can't wait for what's next and i i hope you feel the same way so um yeah, Nomad is great, and 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 it's one of my favorites of the season. I think between this and Secret History, we got two absolutely incredible episodes um, that are, you know, I think probably the best of the entire series thus far. Um, yeah, I, I you know somebody commented, and I loved seeing this. Somebody commented about Secret History being their one of their top five quantum leap episodes ever including the classic series i love seeing comments like that um because i think that 
there are definitely people out there that are appreciating the show in the same vein that, you know, we appreciate the classic series. And there's no doubt in my mind that the best episodes of this series, you know, stand with, with the classic series for certain. Um, Cause there are some episodes of the classic series that we could, we could write about, but I don't, but Matt Dale does. And you should head over and support his Kickstarter uh, for Beyond the Mirror Image uh, Volume 3. Uh, of course, you can also head over to forevertv.co.uk for information about all of his books, including getting the print-on-demand versions of Volume 1 and Volume 2. Volume 2, of course, covers the Revival series the entire first season, which is awesome. He's... he's um, done some incredible work without a doubt. So check those out. Uh, speaking of which quantum leap podcast has interviews this week, um, with Dean George Harris as well. Uh, they also have, um, Ray and Caitlin and Mason and Nenrissa on the show, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, good stuff all around lots and lots for fans of this show to indulge in and take a look at. Um, make sure you check out the Eliza Taylor interview. Uh, I loved it. One of my favorites that I've had the chance to do. Make sure you check out the Dean and uh, Drew interview, which, uh, I, I, just I adore those guys so much and I'm so grateful for them spending time. And again, I just think that both of them, they just bring so much to the table. And every time I talk to them, I, I, you know, I have light bulb moments. I learn something and, uh, it's just such a joy. And I'm so appreciative. So check those out. Um, and keep, keep watching quantum leap, get those peacock numbers up over the holidays. Um, we'll be back real soon at fate's wide wheel with some interesting stuff. JJ Lindell's going to kind of, you know, come, partner up with me a little bit more. We're going to talk about some fun stuff. I've got a, a couple other guest hosts, um, a couple other interviews I'm cooking up. Uh, if, if one of them happens, I'm very, very excited because I think it'll be somebody that'll be a lot of fun to talk to. And um, I'm hoping to be able to share that with you very, very soon. Um, and yeah, there'll, there'll be more, there'll be more. Um, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to, um, you know, during the break, maybe uh, get Dean back on the show and talk a little bit more just about the first eight as a whole. Um, and, and, and something like that. So stay tuned, like subscribe, comment, um, make sure you follow over on Instagram and on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Um, those are definitely the, the best places for social engagement right now with Fate's Wide Wheel. Um, and yeah, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Stay tuned to the YouTube channel. Um, obviously, the podcast, uh, you know, is still going out weekly, but there is going to be some extra stuff, uh, you know, on the YouTube channel that doesn't always necessarily make it over to podcasts because it'll be very visual based, like some of the chats and previews that I have with JJ and stuff. So um, stay tuned. Thank you so, so much for all of your support. Thank you, patrons. Thank you for watching. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. Happy holidays. And remember, always, always leap responsibly.